Would you agree? Church is the best place to be. And, and uh, it's good to be with you. Eight o'clock here on our first service in Pretoria. I just came out of Cape Town. I want to say to you, the Cape, Town, Cape Townians love you very, very much. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more of that as, as we go. Also going well of our family in Durban. And it's hot everywhere. Amen. I think the Lord is starting to tell us it's time to get closer. Um, but anyway, I was in, uh, as we were in, in Cape Town, we were driving there, I can tell you. And then I received messages from our people in Durban. They said to me, listen, I don't know what is going on, but it was uh, the specific spot in Durban, 42 plus humidity. Can you imagine? I said, I think it's the judgment of God because of the many idols. Amen. That, just a tease. I want to speak to you this morning about kingdom economics. Is that okay? And uh, I'm not, I want to speak to you because you have to prepare your hearts for what is to come. You have to prepare your hearts for that what the Lord wants to bestow upon you, place upon you and do through you. I pray that this morning that you can receive not by, not by just simple things, but that you can receive that God has called you for a time such as this. As I, as I looked upon the scriptures this morning and I, um, I felt the Lord say to him, I, I must again just teach you on this and the mornings is, is much more teaching based than the evenings which is much more prophetic based. But I felt this morning to say to you, in the kingdom of God there is no poverty. The kingdom of God is void of poverty because at the head of this kingdom is not a politician, it's a king. <laughs> Can I say that again? I don't know if people want to receive that this morning. In the kingdom of God there isn't something like poverty. There is a king and a kingdom which he represents. And any king and kingdom, it's got different things. And I, I want you just to understand one or two things. God himself is a source. The Bible says, in the beginning God. Are you there? The word God, the in the beginning God, it means he's a source. He doesn't need supplies. And then the Bible says he created the heavens and the earth. And the heavens and the earth is made on demand and supply. But God is all-existing, all-sufficient, all-powerful. He Himself is a source. And so this morning, I want you to hear very clearly, if He is a source, what He needs from you is not just what you carry, but who you are. God wants you. That's the bottom line. He wants your heart. He wants your spirit. He wants your soul. And He gave, he gave His Son for that and nothing else. Are you there? Come on, so we have to be, if God needs nothing, but He needs something, that means He needs me. Come on, are you there? And I want you to understand, I've taught you this before. I want you to understand that God will do absolutely nothing on the planet unless He chooses a man and a woman to do it through. And last week, I, or the week before last, I, I told you something that is very, very important for you. You have to understand. The system of this world cannot fix this world. We need a king in the system. We need a spirit-filled politician. We need a spirit-filled businessman. We need a spirit-filled woman. We need a spirit-filled mom. We need people filled with the spirit of the Lord to bring a change. Come on, are you okay? And so I want you to understand just this is that, you know, as I was looking at this, the Lord said to me very simply this. He says, you cannot ignore a superior kingdom and want to be blessed by a lesser one. Can I say that again? You cannot ignore a superior kingdom and want to be blessed in a lesser one. The kingdom of this world is a lesser kingdom than the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I've overcome this world, John 14, 1. 
It says, then he says, the prince of this world is coming. And I want you to under, understand something this morning is that God wants us free, but we have to be, our hearts have to be at the sun. The Bible begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? That word in there is the Hebrew word for bet. And the, the last word in your Bible is the word amen, and it's the Hebrew word nun. If you put the two words together, it gives you a new word, aben or ben. It means the sun. Everything from the beginning to the end of your Bible points to Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. The Bible says the riches of His glory is your inheritance. The rich, listen to me carefully. The riches of His glory is our inheritance. In other words, it is the inheritance of the saints to be blessed and be a blessing. But I, I want you to understand something this morning that Christians, we, we struggle with these concepts because knowledge listen to me carefully knowledge is only information the bible says knowledge is good you have to get knowledge it's going to help you it's going to give you information understanding means the know-how wisdom is the application and the bible says in proverbs chapter number one you have to have wisdom wisdom is the chief thing it is the primary thing the Bible says, wear wisdom around your neck like a garment, like a, like a necklace. Do not neglect wisdom. Are you there, saints? Listen to me, church. This year has to be the year of abundance. That's the, the Hebrew word that you would have seen many people use, the word Goshen, which simply means, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There is not one track record where the people of God moves in a place where there isn't and then they, they don't have. Every time God moves of His people, His people have abundance, His people have supply, His people have got healing, His people have got restoration. It is the methodologies of God to work with His people in the midst of a season and make them prosper. Come on, are you there? The Bible says, let me stretch you this morning. The scripture says that even when the Israelites were in Egypt, they still multiplied. In other words, they became such a great number, the Egyptians didn't know what to do with them. And then the Bible says that the Egyptians tried to break them by making them work harder. But the harder they worked, the more they prospered, the stronger they became. Come on, are you with me? Then the Bible says the number of the sons of Israel became so strong in the womb of Egypt that Pharaoh literally didn't know what to do and then there came a day that God prepared a man on the backside of the desert his name was was Moses and that man was sent to them to go and deliver them you have to understand when you look at Moses you see a type a typology of Jesus let me stretch you when God called Moses and he said to Moses he said Moses Moses and Moses says here am I Lord God says to Moses he says remove your shoes for you are in my presence Remove your shoes. Take off your sandals. Why did God say to him to take off your sandals? Because God wanted Moses to understand that the barrier between him and God needs to be removed. God wanted to reintroduce him to the presence. It's interesting when the priests served God in the Old Testament, they would not walk in the temple with shoes on. It is then interesting that the first thing Jesus does when he starts to call his disciples out of John 13, after he gives them instruction, the first thing he does is to remove their sandals. And he washes their feet. Why? Presence people. Then you find Jesus in Revelation chapter number one, and you find Jesus also walking bare feet. 
What has all of this bare feet got to do? It's not the literal fact of the bare feet. It is the fact that God has created you to walk, be, and abide in His presence. Come on. Are you with me? And so there's something that needs to shift in us. And I I believe as as we move towards our first fruit conference, God is shifting things. He's making things. But you, you have to understand that this is something, again I say, is that there is you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing that God wants us to understand when it comes to kingdom economics. And I said it again, and I'll, I'll just quickly, just give you two sentences on this so that you can understand this. You pay, you pay taxes to a government system because the taxes need to take care of the country. Are you there? But no country prosper on its taxes. It's not how it works. Taxes is meant for maintenance. Investments is made to prosper. So if a country wants to be wealthy, you invest. Right? Take it to the kingdom of God. The tithes and the offerings that we pay unto God, the tithes that you pay to God is for, to show the Lord that you are part of His government system. The offering you give is your investment into the kingdom. Are you with me? Now listen to this, and you have to get it this morning. The Lord said to me this, when is a person barren? Asked me the question last night. When is a person barren? I said when a person is, doesn't have a seed. It says right and it's wrong. It says there's two things that I want you to understand. First and foremost, a person is barren when they cannot contain a seed. And secondly, a person is barren when their womb has got some difficulty in. In other words, if I take a seed and I plant it in a womb and the womb is not right, nothing's going to happen there. Secondly, if I hold on to, to a seed, nothing will happen as well. Are you with me? And then the Lord said to me this, He said, but everybody sitting here this morning, you are a seed and you have a seed. God believes, listen, God believes so much in, in, in this, the harvest time and, uh, harvest and uh, harvest time a system that He created in the world that He gave His Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but inherit eternal life. Come on, are you, are you there? Are you with me? So let me say, say it like this. It is an understanding that we need to get that we are, and I, I said it the last time, but it, it's so important. I want to embed this into your spirits this morning. And what I want you to get this, guys, is it, it's simple, but you have to understand and I don't know how else to say it to you. If you think you can prosper by yourself, you're going to work for 80 years in your life and you'll never get on top. You'll use people, you'll use circumstances, you'll use many things to try to reach the top. And when you reach the top and you have those things, you'll find out all of them are empty. It's true. You have to invest in something greater than you. I hate the spirit of poverty because the spirit of poverty declares destiny is null and void. The spirit of poverty is kept in place by principalities and powers. It snuffs out people's potentials. Come on, are you there? When the Lord sent me into this area of the church many, many years ago, I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. We are here to be a change and to shift people into their destinies. But it's because we have to see people move with a king that is moving. Come on guys, the kingdom of this world is perishing, but the kingdom of our God cannot because upon His shoulders rests the government and that government surely, surely will never fail. 
and the righteousness and the justice of his government shall stand woe unto governments that will have to stand in front of the sun and give a report of what they've done i say to you the truth because the governments of this world have to stand in front of the government one day jesus christ god the father god the son god the holy spirit three yet one and they have to give an account of what they've done the bible tells it to us in romans chapter number 14 we'll have to give it a factual actual account what have we done are you there and so let me just go to a scripture here that you um in matthew chapter number 24 i can't read for you the whole story but i want to give you the the nugget of the story the owner goes and the owner basically he gives he gives the land to to people and i i want to read maybe just the last part for you matthew chapter number 25 just for the sake of time and i'm just going to skip between the scriptures matthew chapter number 25 it says this for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property please note the man is entrusting them of his property so listen to what he does then he goes a far way off he goes away and then he comes back let me read it to one he gives five talents to another two to another one to teach according to his ability then he went away then he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five more talents so also he had two talents made two talents more but he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and, he, and hid his master's money. Now what happens is, so there's five, there's two, and there's the guy that's got one, right? And so now the master comes back and listen to this. And the master returns from his long journey and now the master says this. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts of them. Please note he's settling accounts. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents more, saying, Master, you've delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. You've been favored over little. I will set you over much. Please note something here. And if you write this down in your Bible, you must write it massive. You have been faithful over little. Now receive much. The pathway to much is the faithfulness over the little. The reason why God will not trust people with much is because they are never faithful with the little. People want the big car, but they can't look after the bicycle. They want to own a house, but the one they're renting, they're not taking care of. Come on, church. I'm talking the truth to you in love. They rent a place and they say, they say it's not my place. It's the owner's plug. It's the owner's light. It's the owner's host pipe no get an attitude of treating somebody else's possessions like your own and see how the lord promotes you we have to be children of light are you there and let's go on and then the bible says so i was afraid oh, he also went to the one of the two talents but then he goes to the one of the one talent and listen what he says so he also received the one talent came forth saying master i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed so i was a friend and i went and i hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours but in masters answer him you wicked and slothful servant you knew that i reap where i have not sown and gather where i scattered no seed you ought to invest my money with the bankers and, and coming and at, at my coming i should have received what is mine and interest so now i will take the talent from you and i will give it to the guy that's got ten I do you like that for mathematics? 
For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have even in abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. But now here comes the scripture, and this makes, should let the fear of God come in upon us. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, in that place where there's a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Are you there? And this is what I, what I want you to understand. The man says these things. He says a couple of things. I want you just to get what I'm saying. The man says, I've put the finances, I've put it into a hole. Because I knew you were going to be a tough guy. And the master rebukes him. He says, you knew me and you did not take what I gave you and you put it in an in account to gain interest. What the master is saying is this. He's saying, you actually don't know me. You think you do. Because obviously you thought by just putting it in the ground was sufficient for me, but you don't know me. Because I'm not a master that's not going to ask for an account. I am a master that's going to ask, what did you do? Friends, listen to me this morning. You have to understand the talent that you don't develop is a soul that cannot be saved. God can only trust you with that that you're already faithful over. If you cannot be faithful with the little, then much will never come. And I want to stretch you this morning and I want to be bold this morning to say to you, debt and credit is not blessing and prosperity, nor is that advancement. No, there's a higher system. It is a system of sons and daughters that is available with freedom for you this morning. That Jesus didn't pay for slaves. He paid for sons and daughters to unlock the kingdom. Come on, is there somebody that says amen to that? The Bible makes, us, makes it clear that you do not work for riches, you work for purpose. Come on, let me say that again. You do not work for riches, you work for purpose. Because as you work for purpose, your value increases. As your value increases, riches follows your value. The reason why there's so many people broken, broken is because they've negotiated their purpose and they've diminished their value and therefore riches do not follow them. The Bible does not speak. Listen, you have to understand that Jesus doesn't even recognize Satan on the planet. He recognizes money. He says, Mammon. He says, there's two masters, me or Mammon. You have to choose. Because you will serve the one or serve the other. But you cannot serve both. You have to choose a master. And I want to say to you this morning, I want to be bold in what I'm saying to you. Money is a bad master. Because what, the, what money does, it pushes your vision off of your life the whole time. If you love money, you'll never have enough. It's true. Come on, guys, are you there? All of you that are sitting here this morning, you are a God-breathed purpose. God decided He wanted a purpose that looks like you, and He got that purpose born through your mom and your dad, and now you're here. What you do with the purpose of your life is your investment back to God's original blueprint. Listen, as you sit here, and I said it, and I wanted you to understand, I was born in Bloemfontein, but I want you to, I want, I want to, I reworded it recently because I've got greater understanding about the kingdom now. I wasn't born in Bloemfontein only, I came through Bloemfontein. I'm born in the kingdom of God. How do you say, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus says you're born from above and you're born from a mother's womb. I was born in my mother's womb in Bloemfontein, 100% right. But I was born from the kingdom many years later. 
Because when I die, I'm not going to go back to Bloemfontein. When I die, I'm going to go to the kingdom. It's the kingdom that I represent. As you sit here this morning, if I take an apple and I leave an apple outside, an apple returns to the ground. If I take a banana and I put it outside, a banana returns to the ground. If I take a bird of the air and I put it on the ground, it dies, it goes back to the ground. When a man and a woman dies, their spirit goes to God or their spirit goes to hell. You go to where you're born from. You sit here this morning, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Come on, are you understanding what I'm saying? And Jesus says, Jesus says this, His desire is to let His kingdom come to be on earth as much as it is in heaven. In other words, we have to reflect heaven. And God does not want you in heaven. Oh, it's getting quiet. God doesn't need you there. He needs you here. Come on, can I say that again? The Lord wants you here. And that's why He will equip you of everything you need to be effective here. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Are you, are you okay? But we have to understand under Christ Jesus, as God spoke to Moses, just think about us for a moment. God speaks to Moses through the burning bush. That word burning bush in the alphanumerical number in the Hebrew is the same numerical number as the crown that Jesus wore on His head. So God twice introduces you. Why did, he, why did He speak to Moses through the burning bush? Because He wanted to send Moses to His people to get them out of the system. Are you there? Then the Son of Man takes that same bush and He puts it on His head. He lifts the curse so that you can be blessed. Come on, are you with me? I want you to understand blessing and cursing both comes from God. A man cannot curse you. God blesses and God curses. I understand that you get men that operate with evil spirits, but I do want to say to you, the Spirit of the Lord that lives inside of you is stronger. Are you there? If we break the Lord's words, and this is what the Israelites did wrong. The Israelites came out of Egypt and God gave them the law. The word law there, by the way, is the Greek word nomos and it's an alphanumerical number of 430. And what it simply means, this is God was trying to get them out of Egypt permanently, permanently by His Word. But when we break His Word, listen, when we break His Word, we return to our former states. And so there's many people that God has set free, yet they still live like slaves. Come on, church, are you there? Empowered, are you, are you okay? Are you still safe? Come on, just give Jesus some praise here. So, I want you to understand you work for purpose, not for riches. I can take this, this iPad and I can say, now I'm going to ignore, I'm gonna, because this iPad works by a charger. I have to charge it. I cannot leave it in the sun. And if it reaches a certain temperature outside, it just says to me, I can't function. Are you there? I can say, I ignore this and I don't, I'm not going to, I don't care what Steve Jobs has said about Apple. So I'm going to do it my way. I wanted you to understand that even though I can say that this thing has still been made by the manufacturer and will only operate how the manufacturer has made it. In life, God sent you into the earth and I want to say it again. God sent you into the earth and He gave you a manual. 
And you can ignore the manual and say, I'm going to do all of this by myself. You know what, what's going to happen? You're going to live a very frustrated life because you're going to know there's something greater to you, but you never can unlock that. It's like a three-year-old playing with an iPhone 14. It just doesn't get the full potential out. It's frustration. And if you've ever been in a place of frustration, frustration is the place where you lack demonstration of your purpose. Come on, say amen. It's true what I'm saying. Give Jesus some praise. Let's go on. I want you to understand this. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 7, the beginning of wisdom the beginning, of, the beginning of wisdom is to acquire wisdom. Then the Bible says this, with all your possessions, acquire understanding. Are you there? So the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 7, above all else, get wisdom. It says it doesn't matter what it costs you, get understanding. Okay, are you guys okay? And so I want you to understand something this morning because it's, it's so important that you, that you get it. Oh, I, I, I have a burden to see people become free. I want to see people become free. I want to see you move into your destinies. I want to see the purpose of the Lord come out of your lives. I said to you the other day, we as a church, we're not going to stand still. We're not going to back off in a in a society and in a community that is failing no we are going to be the light that's why we're here we've already i i hope you notice as you drove in that it looks neater hello that's not johnny and susie that's the church starting to clean up because as long as we're here we're going to be the difference because when this when when I want this community to, to say, we miss this church. If I'm not here, they must cry long tears. Come on, are you with me? But when we are here, our children, our streets, our community, we'll shift them one street at a time if we need to. Until it is all under the possession of the kingdom demonstration of peace, righteousness, and justice. Come on, guys. You have to think the same. Don't drive past the paper, pick it up. It's practical Christianity here this morning. But I, I want you to understand something out of my heart this morning is that G Jesus make, makes it so clear is that, and Satan under, understands this. He understands this. He understands the system of this world. That's why he says it to Jesus. He says, I am the king of the kingdoms of this world. Since it's been given to me. And then he says something very strongly. He says, if you bow down and if you worship me, I'll give it to you. Jesus says to him, I'm definitely, and I'm paraphrasing. He says, no, worship the Lord your God. In other words, he says, I refuse to worship what you, you worship. But I'm going to worship my God. Listen, guys, I, I want you to get something this morning here. Because it's, it's very important. Um, I don't know if it's in my notes anymore. I think I took it out. But in the, in the Old Testament, you have to understand this. In the Old Testament, listen to me. In the Old Testament, God gave people great possessions. A lot of stuff. So that their hearts could shift. In the New Testament, God wants the heart to shift. 
so that they can acquire possession. Old Testament was different. Old Testament, Abram was blessed usually. Hezekiah was blessed. You, you can study them. All of them had a lot. So that the heart can shift. New Testament, Jesus says, shift your heart first. Then I'll shift things around you. Come on, are you okay? And so I, I want you to understand it this morning. And, I, and I'll, I'll go for two more. I want you just to get this. Because if you can get this and if you can get the understanding hereof, it will help you. Because God wants to get you to a place of freedom. And God wants to move you there. But again I, again I say, we cannot ignore the Scriptures and think God is going with us. I'm sorry to say, but if we break the Word of God, He is not going with us. Church, there is too many messages where people will tell you, you can, you can do what you want and it's okay. It's wrong. You can't do what you want. You are the servant of the Most High God. You're a son and a daughter. Sons and daughters need to act in a certain way because their hearts are in the home. My, my, I, Jazz and Mikael and Jocelyn, all of them are different kids. But when they come under my roof, my rules apply. Are you there? When they leave my house, they demonstrate and that they belong to the house or not. They are representatives of the household. Wherever they go, they are representatives. Are you guys to understand what I'm saying? But they do not come into the house of a bigger mentality. Because they understand that they are daughters. They are not daughters because they chose to be daughters. They've been born daughters by blood. Blood gives them access. Come on guys, are you with me? As you sit here this morning, you have to understand, you don't need to plead of God to get into the house of God. You are born into the house of God by the blood of Jesus Christ that makes you a son and a daughter. If it makes you a son and a daughter, you have to start to act like the son and the daughter. Come I on, it's important. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? And so this morning, I, I want to say to you again, because it's, it's, so, it's so important to just catch my, my spirit with this, is that I believe that the Lord is going to take you to, to a place where He's going to put His hand heavily upon you. But it has to be because your heart is with Him. Come on, guys. Your heart has to move with the Lord. And especially as we're moving towards First Fruit Conference, what is First Fruit Conference about? First Fruit Conference is about very simply this. We're going to give the Lord the first. Are you there? God didn't like Cain because Cain kept back. He kept back what belonged to the Lord. The Lord said, no. So how are we going to do it? You give it all. You give me what's mine. So here's a question before I close. Here's a question. If you've ever been truly in love, there is no complaints in the distance that you'll go. If I'm truly in love, then there's no distance in what I'll do. Like for example, I'm in love with Shannon still, 18 years, I'm married for 18 years, I'm in love with Shannon. When I land at the airport, I say, hey, I'm 40 minutes away. I'm getting closer, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. 
I'm outside the gate. I'm in love. I will travel, I'll do anything to be with her. Do you understand? Jesus left heaven. He traveled the galaxies. Just think of him for a moment. He took on, he came into the womb of a woman through the spirit impregnation. He got born of the limitations of all of us. Can you imagine the, deep, the depth of the love of God? You know what boggles me about God? It's not that He wants to save us. What, what sometimes challenged my mindset is that He chose to limit Himself to save us. That's love. And what, how, does that, how does that get to, to giving? How does it get to, to sowing? If you don't understand you're loved, you yourself will believe that you have to protect yourself by what you have. Can I be honest with you? Everything you have decreases daily. It's true. The only way that you can increase is to invest in the one you love. The banks don't love you. I'll tell you that much. But the king does. And he says, listen, let me give you this. Let me see if you can be faithful. Let me give you that. Can you be faithful? What people often do, and I'll close now really, they call out to God when they have the thousand. They remember God when they have the hundred thousand. They forget God when they have the million. And what God often does, He strips them from all of that. He brings them back here. Why? Because He wants their souls. It's true. Last one. Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted of very little can also be trusted of much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You cannot cure poverty with money. You have to shift your heart. And I say that again. If poverty is not a lack of something, poverty is a spirit. If it is a spirit, you can't cure it with a paper. You cure it with the Holy Spirit. And that's why your heart has to shift. Blessed are they, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And I pray this morning at this juncture, I pray, I pray this morning that in your spirit, you'll say, I want to choke the spirit. I want to get the spirit out of my life. I want to move into a place that the spirit is dead and it doesn't function anymore at all. Can I throw one more at you? The problem of religion is this. When, when people don't have, they often want to create a theology why they don't like when others have. Let me say it again. When people don't have, they quickly create a theology that speaks against the abundance that God wants you to have. They say, no, it's not about this. No, it's not about that. Can I tell you, 
God wants you to prosper in all of your ways. And I can, I can give it to you just on one simple explanation. No baby is born of a mom and dad dreaming of that child struggling. Show me one parent like that. That doesn't exist, man. So why will God get you into the kingdom to keep you frustrated? No, it's your understanding of who He is that needs to grow. Come on, are you there? So church, I, I want to encourage you this morning. I want you to start to be a brave people. You have to get out of the system of this world. And I'm teaching you slowly as a, as a, as a good leader. I'm te- teaching you, but you have to step out of it. But your heart has to shift. Your heart has to shift. And as it does, He can do anything with you. Come on, are you there? So this morning as we honor the Lord, and I want to introduce some people to you as well. I'm, I'm done with my message. There's much more to say, but I'll keep it there. I'm, I'm excited about the First Fruit Conference coming next weekend because I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Listen, this should be your attitude this morning. Lastly, this should be your attitude this morning. If you have that house and you owe money on a trust card to pay it off supernaturally. If you drive a car and it belongs to Standard Bank, have the faith and say, Lord, please provide excessive finance and I can pay this off thing quickly. Come and have that type of faith. Have that type of faith. Say, Lord, here am I. I might not have this, I might not have that, but Lord, I bring you what I have. Honor the Lord and see Him honoring you. It's not about the gift, it's about the heart in the gift and the gift in the heart. It's about both. Are you there? And so this morning I want us to stand, I want to pray for you and then we're going to honor the Lord and then we're going to move on of the service just into one or two very key things this morning. Father, I want to pray this morning. Why don't you lift your hands and bow church in this AM service. Father, I want to pray, Lord, over every single person that's right here right now. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that as I look at them, I see revivalists, Lord, that as I, as I look at them this morning, Father, I believe, Lord, that more than anything, Lord, more than anything, Lord, that right now, Lord, people can shift, hearts can move. Father, I want to pray, prepare hearts this morning, supernaturally so, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that through, through this time, Lord, of honoring you right now, that people will start to shift, that harvest will start to shift. Father, I pray that people will possess, Lord, lands that they didn't ask for, vineyards that didn't require, Lord, lands that didn't ask for. Father, I pray take their names and put it in places and in situations Lord shift their destiny shift their hearts shift their lives according to the kingdom of our God Father I pray that the spirit of poverty will be known to nobody under this roof nobody in the sound of my voice Father I pray that people will shift permanently so because they understand that they are loved by God and because of the love of God they can be free in Jesus name we pray and all of you power say Amen and Amen